Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything. Life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. All right, and we are live again. This is June 2nd, Friday, June the 2nd. Welcome again to another episode of the Surge Affect. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to be going over some of the highlights and reels from the House of Commons, uh, which happened May 31st. And um, some of the highlights will be going over with Pierre and, Tr- and uh, Trudeau, Pierre Polyev and uh, Justin Trudeau. Anyway, before we get going, uh, I'm just going to let you know today's podcast is sponsored by Love My Legs Own Sound Gray Bruce. Love My Legs allows you to strut with confidence offering three styles of waistbands for comfort and wearability, the only lifetime guarantee in the industry. For more information, follow them on Facebook at Love My Legs Own Sound. Simply click on the link below in the description and you can follow them. Our second sponsor today is He Shirts, She Shirts. Head on over to their website as well. Click on the link in the description below and uh, see what they have to offer. He Shirts, She Shirts is more than just a t-shirt company. All right. Let's get into it. So here's the first video that I'm going to play. This is uh, Pierre asking some questions about, I believe, Beijing police stations in Canada. I don't know if you've heard about this before, but there's police stations in Canada from Beijing, from China. Now, this has been going on for a little while now. It's crazy stuff. It's hard to believe this even happens, but it's happened down in the States as well, but it's also happened here in Canada. So, we'll uh, watch this clip together and we'll see what becomes of some of these back and forth. Here we go. First of all, the number of police stations controlled by a foreign dictatorship in Canada is not a detail. It would not be a detail if any government had foreign police stations operating on our soil. Second of all, All Canadians deserve to know the answer. The government claimed that it shut down all these police stations. Now we know there are two in operation and that the Prime Minister's government has given taxpayers money to help fund them. Simple question. How many of Beijing's police stations are operating on Canadian soil today? How many? So there's a fairly direct question from Pierre Polyev to Justin Trudeau. This happens all the time. If people don't watch the House of Commons, these people cannot answer a question. They can't answer a simple yes or no question. It's just real simple. Yes or no or how many or you know, give me a number. They just can't do it. It's almost like he's like Trudeau is gonna be reciting nursery rhymes, you know? It's like here we go. Let's see what he has to say. The right honorable prime minister. Canadians well know this government takes extremely seriously the issue of foreign interference and has since 2015. Remember, Pierre asked how many. Keep that in mind. 
We brought in significant measures to counter foreign interference and continue to. The RCMP is quite rightly charged with the responsibility of uh, investigating and following up on these reports of, uh, of uh, Beijing-funded police stations. But indeed, if the leader of the opposition is so... The honor, right Honourable Prime Minister, I just want to remind everyone the way it works is you ask a question and then you... There's the Speaker of the House, Rhoda. He's like... You hear him in the background asking, how many, how many, how many? Because he's not answering the question. So the speaker, of course, tries to keep things flowing, keeps things going smoothly. And But how about maybe getting them to answer a simple question? How about how many? Listen to the answer, whether you like it or not. You can't keep asking the question over and over again while the person's speaking. So I just want to point that out. I'll let the, uh, maybe 30 seconds, uh, we'll bump it up. We won't take the full uh, amount, but uh, the, the right honorable prime minister, please. Mr. Speaker, if uh, the leader of the opposition continues to have questions like many Canadians do on foreign interference, I would suggest that he actually takes up our security agencies on the offer they have made to him of getting briefed up on all the intelligence related to foreign interference so he doesn't have to hide behind, and I quote the report on this, a veil of ignorance and can actually work from the facts. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. The Prime Minister can brief all Canadians right now. Here, here, here. Here, That exist to harass and intimidate Canadian citizens on Canadian soil. No real country would allow a foreign dictatorship to run police stations on its soil. Exactly. The Americans are arresting Beijing's agents in their country. So one last time, I'll give the Prime Minister the chance to answer the question. How many police stations, how many, how many, and how many is Beijing operating on Canadian soil? So, Pierre just asked him, just before that, he said, how many? And he just said again, three times, how many, how many, how many? And then just before he sat down, he said, how many? Here we go. Right, Honorable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, if the leader of the opposition were to take this issue of foreign interference, seriously as an issue facing diaspora communities, as an issue facing Chinese Canadians, he would be interested in actually understanding the facts around foreign interference. But instead, he chooses to play partisan games, he chooses to make personal attacks against the former Governor General, instead of actually accepting uh, to take this issue seriously. He knows full well the RCMP's responsibility is to do these investigations and make arrests. He simply can't even answer a question of how many Chinese police stations are in Canada. He just, he just can't answer. It's unbelievable that he can't answer them. Honorable Leader of the Opposition. So, you can ask him again about, this time there's a little bit about uh, inflation. So, we're going to do a little back and forth here about inflation. And be prepared for some non-answers. I know you're shocked, but that's how this guy operates. How he gets in as prime minister is shocking to me. If this guy had a job anywhere else that didn't do his job, he'd be fired in the first day. It's ridiculous. Let's let's watch this one here. Position minister for eight years. The half trillion dollars of inflationary deficits he has enacted 
are causing the inflation that Canadians are paying. They are not the solution to the inflation. After eight years of this Prime Minister, one in five Canadians skip meals because they can't eat. 1.5 million go to food banks. Some of them asking for help with medical assistance in dying, not because they're sick, but because they are hungry. He's driven people out of their homes and into tent cities as 9 in 10 young people believe they will never be able to own a home. How much is he going to make them pay before the suffering ends? The right honorable... That's a great question because, let's face it, all the carbon tax we've been all hit with in Canada, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times, it's ridiculous. You know, we just came through a, a pandemic where Canadians were just hammered with losing their jobs, um, you know, the trucker stood forward and they called the Emergency Act. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And now he's hammering Canadians when they're hurting. How kind of the leader does that? It's unreal. Let's hear what he has to say. Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, we hear Mr. Uh, the Leader of the Opposition continue uh, to spread his message that Canada is broken right across the country, so we should just throw up our hands and give up uh, and stop spending to invest in Canadians, stop supporting uh, low-income Canadians, stop creating great jobs, stop uh, drawing in great factories like Volkswagen, uh, stop working to secure Stellantis investments. Uh, this is what the Conservatives' plan is, to throw up their hands and say, everything's broken so let's just burn it down. Well, Canadians don't feel that, Mr. Speaker. Canadians roll up our sleeves and we solve the challenges that we're facing. That's what Canadians are doing every day across the country. That's what they're going to continue to do. <laughs> oh, bravo. Bravo. Like, what, a, what an actor. What, what an actor this guy is. It's, uh, you know, hard to believe. Eh? He used to be a drama teacher back in the day, right? When he was in high school. Um, anyway, we are going to move on here and still talk about, um, he's uh, going to talk again about the same thing, ask him a few more questions about Beijing, uh, Pierre is, and um, once again, a little bit back and forth, and we'll see where, uh, see where this goes. An act with this guy. He would have you believe <laughs> that if he committed me to secrecy, and forced me to take an oath of silence that that would somehow close the Beijing police stations here in Canada? Of course not. What we need is a strong law that will allow our police to arrest them. The question is very simple. Why is it that the Americans have been able to shut down the, the Beijing police stations in their country and arrest the agents involved with them, while in this country, the, this Prime Minister has been able to do neither? That's a great question. Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, any serious politician in this place should understand how comes the non-answer act actually works. Uh, particularly someone who has sat in cabinet and who was Canada's Minister of Elections. Uh, but the reality is, if the member opposite doesn't understand how the Security of Information Act works, we would be happy to provide a briefing to him from officials to explain how the Security of Information Act, so he can understand that it would be okay for him to take a briefing on the facts of foreign interference so he could be better informed in his questions uh, and his uh, challenges to government. The reality The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. The Prime Minister. 
order. The Honorable Leader of the Opposition. They don't have to brief me on the laws. I've actually read them, Mr. Speaker. Section 12.1 of the National Security and Intelligence Committee Act says that I would not only be silenced from speaking about matters broadly, but I would be prevented from debating them on the floor of the House of Commons, which is exactly what the Prime Minister wants. Of course, not that's what he wants to I won't be gagged. I won't be silenced. I will continue to seek the truth. And here's the truth that I want him to finally speak. We've known that there are foreign police stations operating on Canadian soil. We know the Prime Minister's government has given them tax dollars. How much did he give them? Another simple question. How much did he give them? Let alone having Chinese police stations on Canadian soil. That's ridiculous. Now he wants to know how much money taxpayers have given them. Simple question. Here we go. Song and dance. Right, Honorable Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, hiding behind, quote, a veil of ignorance is very characteristic for a leader who has no interest. I, I'm going to interrupt the Honorable. The right, Honorable Prime Minister. That's because the people on the PCs are saying, how much? They want to know how much money is given. Taxpayers' dollars given. I don't think it's that to these Chinese police stations. There's Rod out there talking again, speak. trying to right set things, you know, set things speaker, okay in the house as people are talking. Behind, quote, a veil of ignorance is very characteristic for a leader who has no interest in actual facts. There's nothing stopping him right now from getting cleared, briefed, and disagreeing with the yeah. former Governor General's conclusions. I don't think they realize that uh, Trudeau is, you know, him and his people are playing checkers and uh, Pierre Palev, he's playing three-dimensional chess right now. So uh, good luck with that, fellas. If he so chooses, regardless of his opinions, he is entitled to those. He is not entitled to his own facts. Please, Mr. Speaker, I really encourage the Leader of the Opposition to get brief. The, the Honorable Leader of the Opposition. Canadians are entitled to the fact. 100%. Thank you. And that's why we want a public inquiry. We know that Beijing gave $140,000 to the Trudeau Foundation. We know that when the scandal broke, he, he named Mr. Rosenberg to look into it. Rosenberg is with the Trudeau Foundation. When the scandal exploded further, he named Mr. Johnson, also a member of the Trudeau Foundation. And what did he do? He named another judge from the Trudeau Foundation to look into the conflict of interest. Is the Prime Minister afraid of a public inquiry because he's run out of members of the Trudeau Foundation? So true. So true. Here we go. Mr. Speaker, while the Leader of the Opposition uh, continues on his personal and his partisan attack, uh, we're going to continue to deal with... I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, they're a fired-up crowd today. Part, fired a question up. for all of you to reflect on. I don't want anybody to shut, shout the answer out. Oh, you can ask them a question, but doesn't want an answer. Want an answer. What part of while somebody is speaking, we sit quietly and listen? Do we not understand? Write me an email if you want once we're done, and you can explain to me because I don't understand that. 
The Right Honorable Prime Minister, from the top, please. Mr. Speaker, once again, we see the level to which the Leader of the Opposition on this very serious issue has nothing to offer other than partisan attacks and personal attacks, uh, rather than actually dealing with the substance of this serious issue. To deal with the substance of this serious issue, we have offered him, I directed intelligence agencies to offer him secure briefings so that he can actually understand. Yeah, but uh, Pierre understands too that when uh, he goes and do, when he does that, takes those briefings, he won't be able to talk about it in the house. He he won't be able to talk about uh, what's what's going on uh, in those briefings because basically he's sworn to secrecy and he knows this. And then he already he already mentioned this, so I don't know why they they're continually trying to uh, get him to and do stuff that uh, was going to basically silence him, basically put a gag order, order on him. I just don't understand it. But uh, anyway, so we're going to move on here a little bit. Uh, same House of Commons, uh, still talking about, uh, this time about, I believe, uh, inflation and, uh, of course, the carbon tax in, in, B in BC. So uh, let's hear this little back and forth. Here we go. That's what we're doing. BC, the Center for Dis Disease Control, revealed today that it now costs over $1,200 a month for a basket of nutritious food for the average family. That in itself is a crying shame that Canadians have to do this because of carbon tax and taxation, period. That families, Canadian families, are trying to get by, trying to feed your kids, that they have to have this burden. It's ridiculous. That's not working for Canadians, that's working against them. Let's carry on. In that province, this is an explosion of costs that have taken place under this Prime Minister. Those numbers come from a year ago, and the same report says the high prices are higher still now. Now the Prime Minister's solution for that is a 61 cent a litre carbon tax. They'll push gas prices well over $2 a litre and increase the cost to farmers and truckers who bring us our food. How much will that increase the cost of food for Canadians? Okay, so we asked a simple question. How much is it going to increase the cost of food for Canadians? Simple question. Let's listen to this song and dance. The Right Honourable Prime Minister. We've seen the extents to which, not just for the past seven and a half years, but for the decade before that, Conservatives refused to take the fight against climate change seriously, refused to accept that the cost to Canadians from coast to coast to coast would increase, get increasingly large as the years went on. Well, uh, over... They're always talking about climate change and, and, and how much, you know, they have to put money into climate change. I say, hey... Why don't they take the raises that they just got from the Canadian taxpayers, or maybe even half their salaries, because they're all just stupidly paid. Take half their wages, pull it all together, put it towards climate change. I'm sure it'll change the weather tomorrow when that happens, or it might change the weather next week. As soon as they put all their money, pull all their money together, and pay and pay pay more tax, that'll that'll change everything. Yeah, the chances of them doing that are slim and none. Slim. And none. But I say, put your money where your mouth is. If these people are so concerned about climate change, put your money where your mouth is. But no, no. They want the taxpayers to pay continually. 
The past seven years, Mr. Speaker, we have stepped up in the fight against climate change, including with a price on pollution that puts more money back in the pockets of eight out of ten Canadians. We're going to continue to step up with a grocery rebate uh, to help Canadians with the high cost of food. We're going to continue creating good jobs. Now, what do you say about giving more money back in rebates than what people pay? That doesn't even make any sense. Like, why would somebody, why would you go to a car dealership and the guy says, hey, how much is that car worth? And he says, oh, it's, it's $20,000. Well, congratulations, you buy it for twenty. I'm going to give you back twenty-five. No, it doesn't work that way. How dumb does he think that people are? Come on. It's ridiculous. We're going to continue being all leader of the opposition. Their carbon tax is not an environmental plan. It is a tax plan. It has done nothing to meet any targets and it has done nothing to reduce the cost of climate change. What it has done is increase the cost of food, because when you tax the farmers who make the food and the truckers who ship the food, then you tax the food itself. Now, That's the right. minister's plan is and not to triple the carbon tax, but to triple the carbon the tax. Consumer. Well, he adds more and more, 61 centiliters. So my question is, how much will his 61 centiliter carbon tax Add to the monthly basket of food for Canadians. How much? Right, Honourable Prime Minister. Here we go. Mr. Speaker, once again, we see that uh, the leader of the official opposition is uh, not willing to let the facts get in the way of a great political argument. And even then, it's not that a great an argument, Mr. Speaker. It's just a bumper sticker that he can stick on to, to scare Canadians with. Uh, the reality is we are delivering uh, with dental benefits, uh, with a, a grocery rebate, and with a carbon... With dental benefits and a grocery rebate, how does that help the regular average Canadian put money back in their pocket every day? It doesn't. It, they're taking money out of your pocket with this freaking carbon tax. I don't understand why people don't get this. The price that is putting more money back in the pockets of 8 out of 10 Canadians. Uh, Mr. Speaker, uh, while he continues to cross his arms and vote against things like the dental benefit, we've delivered on 1,100 kids in his riding uh, dental benefits that have made a real difference. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, if the facts that I have just quoted from the BC Centre for Disease Control are false, then, then maybe he can tell me what the real numbers are. I've asked him, given that he wants to bring in a 61 cent a liter carbon tax. Increase gas and diesel prices by 61 shame. cent a liter on the farmers that produce the food and the truckers that bring it to the grocery store. How much will that tax increase add to the monthly cost of groceries for the average Canadian family? How much? Is he asking how much again? How much? How much? Here we go. What Canadians know clearly is the inaction by a decade of a Conservative government and the continued resistance of Conservatives on fighting climate change is costing them incredible amounts. How many uh, homes have been lost in Nova Scotia? How many people affected and evacuated across Alberta? How many people in the Northwest Territories affected now in New Brunswick? People in Central Canada worried about forest fires coming there in the coming weeks and months. The reality is extreme weather events are getting more and more expensive for Canadians, which is... They're blaming climate change and all these extreme weather events. Not the case. If he wants to look at facts, he was just talking about facts a little while ago. You know, they might not like the facts either, but you can't make up your own facts. And the facts are, this has been going on for 
thousands of years, millennia. If you go back hundreds of years, you will see weather patterns have been changing. It has nothing to do with what they're talking about. Zero. Facts are facts. You can't just make shit up and then just say, oh, that's the way it is. So oh, we had a bad tornado. Pay more tax. No, you can't do it. Why we need to continue to lead on climate change while supporting Canadians. Canadians can lead on climate change all they want, but as long as China's pumping in, you know, hundreds and hundreds of tons of CO2 in the atmosphere, it's not going to do deadly shit. Honorable leader of the opposition. Mr. Speaker. All of those things have happened with this carbon tax in place. Yeah. Yeah. The carbon tax has done nothing That's right. to reduce nothing. emissions, let alone to stop storms and other weather events. So yeah. that, is completely, that is nothing more than another act from this Prime Minister. Let's get back to the question. My question was very is calling it like he sees it. We know now that a British Columbia family has to spend $1,200 a month on groceries just to feed their kids. He wants to raise the tax up to 61 cents a liter and the farmers and truckers who bring us our food. How much will that add to the grocery bill of an average family? How much? Yes, asked him again, how much? How much? It's pretty hard to answer. But here we go. He's going to maybe do a Mary Had a Little Lamb deal. I don't, I'm not sure. But let's listen. The right Honorable Prime Minister. Here's the problem with the leader of the opposition. He is in love with the sound of his own voice and his own <laughs> That's pretty rich coming from him. Prime Minister, from the top, please. Oh, from the top. You have to start all over again. Here is the issue with the leader of the opposition, who's so in love with the sound of his own voice that he doesn't actually check the facts. Mr. Speaker, he's talking about uh, our price on pollution, when the reality is B.C. has its own price on pollution. The federal backstop doesn't even apply in B.C. Uh, he is uh, mixing everything uh, for political arguments, for partisan attacks to try and scare Canadians, and to cover for the fact that he has no plan. I don't believe like some of the stuff that he, that he comes up with when he gets asked a simple question. A uh, simple question you know, deserves a simple answer. You gotta, how much? Give him a price. How much does it go up? Give him a price. Uh, you know, grocery cost, give him, a, give him a price. No, he, he goes off on these little tangents. And most people that don't watch the House of Commons, they don't understand, you know, this is the thing that goes on every single day. These people that are elected in your areas, it goes on every single day when they're in the House of Commons. It's unreal. All right, so this last one, this last clip we're going to talk about 
it's um, once again it's about the carbon tax and um, just kind of a, a carry on from the last video. So uh, let's get into it. Back and forth. Here we go. Upon climate change and our hard work on the file. Canadians are thinking about our friends on the East Coast and across the country who are impacted by wildfires right now. It's a reminder that climate change is real. Climate change is real. They're going to blame fires that are going on out east on climate change. Not some guy that maybe started a fire or not the heat on, in dry wood, nothing like that. Same with out west. I mean, talk about facts or putting fear into people. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And its devastating impacts cannot be ignored. Unfortunately, the Conservative Party still doesn't have a climate plan, which means they don't have a plan for the future of the Canadian economy. On this side, we're investing in and leveraging technologies that are cutting emissions and creating good jobs in Come By Chance in Newfoundland and Labrador, for example. And we're making sure that it's no longer free to pollute while giving Canadians money back. Honourable Leader of the Opposition. So, the high school drama teacher over here accuses others of liking the sounds of their own voices. This from a guy who, if he were made of chocolate, he would eat himself. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't want him to do that until after he answers my question, which I keep asking. It's about the cost of groceries. Okay, and behind He's right. The NDP has already put in a carbon tax there. But he wants to force them to increase it by almost 40 cents to 61 cents a liter, a federally imposed tax by the costly coalition of the Liberals and NDP. How That's much not a laughing matter, to the 61 cents a liter. For the average family. Honorable Prime Minister. Yes, Mr. Speaker, I was a high school teacher before getting into politics, and I'm having a little trouble remembering what exactly the job that the leader of the opposition had before getting into politics. Don't poke the bear, folks. Don't poke the bear. With a growing economy, with great middle class jobs, uh, we're delivering health care supports for Canadians from coast to coast to coast, delivering dental care that has helped 300,000 kids uh, access dental care over the past number of months, including 1,100 in his own riding. Uh, Mr. Speaker, we will continue to be there for Canadians. Honorable Leader of the Opposition. Yes, and. Uh, and he left right in the middle of the semester, and I'm having trouble remembering why. Oh! That's just like a big uh, nuclear bomb just getting tossed there. Good for Pierre. Anyway, I'm not sure if any of you know what uh, basically he was trying to get at by commenting like that. Um, go ahead and leave some comments. Just leave some comments down below in the uh, in the comment section. Let me know what you think. Um, what is he talking about? I have I have my uh, ideas what he's talking about, and I'm sure you do as well. Go ahead and fill them in. And let's see. All right, carry on. the deficits for fuel on the inflationary fire, right before she introduced $60 billion more spend deficit spending measures. How much will that add to the inflation rate Canadians have to play? How much? Here, here. The right honorable Prime Minister. How much, he says, how much? Mr. Speaker, while the 
leader of the opposition continues to talk down the Canadian economy. We have the lowest deficit in the G7. We have the best debt-to-GDP uh, ratio uh, of the G7. And the fact is, Mr. Speaker, uh, the Canadians can expect that there be arguments back and forth about fiscal responsibility. Uh, but if they check the international bond rating agencies, the people who are designed and whose jobs it is to evaluate the fiscal responsibility of a given government, they continue to give us a triple A rating for fiscal responsibility. Canadians know we are on the right track. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, it's not just me that acknowledges that deficits pour fuel on the inflationary fire. It's his own finance minister. In fact, she said that two weeks before she introduced her budget. And guess what followed her budget? A spike in the inflation rate that the Prime Minister promised would only ever go down. What do you know? Dumping $60 billion of fuel on the inflationary fire actually makes prices go up. So did the Finance Department calculate how much this extra $60 billion of inflationary spending would add to the consumer price index? How much? How much? How much? Here we go. Mary had a little lamp. Right, Honorable Prime Minister. The Leader of the Opposition likes to talk about being in disagreement with the investments we've made into the Canadian economy, but perhaps he would be uh, open uh, with Canadians and uh, share uh, how he would not have funded childcare at $10 a day right across the country for Canadians, that he wouldn't be delivering dental care benefits, including to 1,100 kids in his, uh, in his riding. Uh, he wouldn't uh, be stepping up with targeted supports, with GST doubling, reba rebate doubling uh, for 11 million Canadians. Canadians. Uh, he is not saying where he would be cutting, what programs he would be slashing, and how he would be hurting Canadians. Uh, well, leader of the opposition. No, I've been very clear. I would get rid of the $35 billion uh, incompetent infrastructure bank, Mr. Yeah. Speaker. You yeah. $54 million arrive can. Arrive can. What a waste and of money. Necessary. $20 million. blow billions of dollars buying back hunting rifles from lawful and licensed Canadians yeah. instead of going after serious criminals. The list of waste and corruption goes on and on and on. My question question, though, is how much is all of this spending adding to inflation? John Manley, former Liberal Finance Minister, said, just like the current Finance Minister has said, that when you add deficits, you add inflation. So the question again, how much extra inflation will the $60 billion in budget deficits cause? The right Honourable not going to answer. I thank uh, the Leader of the Opposition for trying to clear things up, but the fact is, no Canadians doubted that he was going to uh, pull back our measures uh, to fight uh, to fight gun control, gun crime. Uh, we're moving forward on increasing gun control. We banned assault-style weapons. We put a freeze on the market for handguns. They've done a lot of things to, I believe, in my personal opinion, to uh, hurt Canadians' way of life. They just they just have. And if you look around the house of all the people that are are, are sitting in those seats. They're voted in by Canadians. So when you go to the polls and you're placing your little check mark beside a name, be very careful how you choose because these people are representing your riding. You want them to represent you as best as they possibly can and have your best interest at heart. I've said this numerous and numerous times, and I, I, I just like to keep saying it so people understand. 
these members of parliament and members of the provincial parliament, they work for us. We don't work for them. We hire them by voting them into place. And we fire them by not voting them into place. These people are your representatives. They need to have your best interest at heart. If you're not living a better life now than you want to live, then you send emails and you call these people's offices. MPs, MPPs, you tell them how you feel. You tell them what you want done. You tell them that you're not happy with something. It's the only way they're going to know. But not answering questions in the House, it's unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. Like I said earlier, if you had somebody working for you and they couldn't answer a simple question or do their job, you would let them go. You'd have to fire them because they're just not doing their job. If you can't answer a simple question about inflation or uh, gas prices or grocery prices, and you're the Prime Minister of Canada and you're being asked these questions by the Leader of the Opposition, that's a problem. That's just a problem. So like I said, what you have to do is get a hold of the people that are in your area that's voted in and you get a hold of them by emails or phones and you tell them how you feel about these issues that are, that are going on in this country. It's ridiculous the money that the taxpayers are spending. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, that's it for today's podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, don't forget, like I always say, I can be found on rumble.com. Just type in The Surge Effect. And I also can be found on any Android or iPhone app. Type in The Surge Effect. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Hit the little button, the bell, and subscribe to my channel. It helps with the algorithm uh, with YouTube. It's much appreciated. Uh, until next time, everyone, have yourselves a great week. Uh, cheers to you all. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. Go to www.heshirtsshirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, the surge effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.